Hey guys, it's Meg Scanlon coming back at you with the Meg Scanlon podcast. Today I'm just going to be by myself talking to you guys. It won't be super long. I'm going to bring to you what I had promised the couple weeks ago about in your meets, things that you can do that have nothing to do with training or listening to commands, right? Like I'm not going to talk about what the commands are. I'm not going to talk about the rules. I have done that. Um, in a previous podcast, if you want to go check that out, kind of first meet feels, but I am going to talk about things that you can do in the meet, um, or that I have kind of put into my practice at the meet that can help you on meet day, follow the rules, if you will, especially because the nerves are high on meet day. You have a lot of adrenaline going nerves are a little bit higher. So sometimes, even though you know what the rules are, you may have trouble following them, right? So it sounds a little bit funny, but even though you know what the rules are, you may have trouble following them. So a couple weeks ago, it was probably almost a month ago at this point, I volunteered to be a judge or be a ref at a, a charity meet. And the morning portion of that meet was all people who have not powerlifted, or maybe had done one meet before, but novices in that sense. And the afternoon portion was people who had powerlifted before um, or were more experienced in powerlifting. So it was interesting, you know, morning to afternoon session, some of the differences, but for some of the novices, I kind of mentally made notes of things that you forget as you progress over time. And some of them you don't, but you forget as you progress over time, how different your first meet was in comparison to your third, your fourth, your fifth meet. And some of the things you get nervous about during those meets that you don't get nervous about anymore. So I kind of made a little bit of a list of things that maybe you could practice beforehand um, before you get to meet. Again, it doesn't necessarily have something to do with your training, but make sure you're practicing. And then things that you can do and that I really still do during my meets to help me follow the rules and take away some of the anxiety of it. So starting off with warm-ups in general, just be sure you know when you need to warm up. Um, you do not need to rush through warm-ups. You'll generally have plenty of time. If you are a shorter person, I am a shorter person. I am generally one of the shortest people that I'm competing with in my weight class. You need to be sure to find a squat rack that is going to be low enough for you. So you need to, that's one thing that I can definitely say. At local meets, you're going to be sharing a squat rack. Try to find other short people. If you cannot find other short people, you need to be sure that you can unwrap the weight. Okay? Maybe a little bit high, but you can unwrap the weight safely. So I would suggest getting to a squat rack relatively quick. Um, and then, you know, working with the people around you to make sure that you have a place that you can squat from. That's honestly the toughest part about being a short person in warmups where there's a lot of people and not as many racks. Um, just be sure that you get your warmups in safely. If you, if you know, if you have a problem, and you don't feel like it is a safe setup for you, please speak up. People are super friendly and they're willing to help. So make sure you have your warmups planned out. So this is one thing that will take a lot of stress away. Again, it has nothing to do with your, your training beforehand and it has nothing to do with the rules of the meet, but make sure that you plan and write out your warmups on a piece of paper. Taking that a step farther, if you can find out if the meet's gonna be having pounds or kilograms in the warmup room, that would be a really great thing to know. Actually, my first, my very first meet that I did with the USAPL, in the warm-up room, there were kilograms. I had no idea there were going to be kilograms in the warm-up room. It made my warm-up pretty confusing, and I was kind of just going close enough, close enough, close enough. 
ever since that time, I'd be sure to know what's going to be in the warm-up room. And if it is kilograms, I write everything out in pounds and in kilograms and what I need to physically load on the bar to get there. I can do pounds, what I need to load on the bar. Like if I'm going 285, I know exactly what I need to have on the bar visually, right? <clears throat> At this point in time. But if you don't, because I know some people don't, write it down. Okay. So if you know, okay, I need a warm up for squats and I need to go with 185, make sure you know what needs to be on either side. Again, one, to make sure you get your right warm ups, but two, to keep you safe. Right. So, you know, if you visually, if you're thinking you're squatting 185 for your warm ups, but you see 245s on either side, two plates, you know something's wrong. Right. Say, hey, I need a, this isn't right. I need to go 185. Just keep yourself safe. The better prepared you are, the better off you will be. So again, if you can write all of your warm-ups out for your squats, your bench, and your deadlift, you're setting yourself up for success, setting yourself up for a less stressful time. And again, if you know if they're going to have pounds or kilograms, write out your warm-ups in that and what you need to have or what you want to see on the bar. So after that, starting off with squats, figure out where you are in that flight. So who you're going after um, or what number you are in that flight. Relax, take some deep breaths, all right? When it is your turn, you have plenty of time. I know it's one minute, it seems like it's short, but you have plenty of time. Couple of things, be sure that you take a deep breath and make sure if you're wearing a belt, one, you have it on, and two, that you buckle it, especially sometimes lever belts, like my lever belt, I keep on, right, as the flights go, and then I just tighten it when it's my turn. So make sure that, one, you have your belt on, and two, that it's fastened. If you wear wrist wraps, that you have your wrist wraps, that you have chalk, that you're ready to go, everything is ready. When you are doing your squat, some things you want to make sure of is to take a nice deep breath before you unrack that bar and take your time with the walkout. Don't rush, all right? Take a nice deep breath. One thing I do like to do is kind of change a position once I'm get ready, once I walk out to get the squat command to kind of let them know that I'm ready, the head judge that I'm ready, is I like to change the position of my head and I'll actually look up at the judge. That's just a preference thing, but I feel like, you know, they it's a definite sign to them that, hey, I'm ready so that you get the squat command. Make sure when you are standing there that you're nice and erect, you're all locked out, ready to go. Again, that's part of the rules. I'm not going to go into that because I've already done a podcast on the rules. Um, but I do like to kind of give them that little signal like, hey, I'm ready. Give me that squat command. When you do squat, be sure you're practicing depth in your, in your workouts. And again, that's something you can't change on me day. But as you're warming up, make sure you're hitting depth with all of your warm-ups so that when you do get out there, there's no question. Sink that first squat. If you're going to sink any squat, sink the first squat. Don't leave any doubt in the ref's mind for that first squat. If you're borderline on the first, they're going to really be looking at you for the second and third. And I knew that was true before I, before I was doing this, but it's funny because the flights aren't that big. Like you remember who people are and you're going to remember if someone was really borderline on that first squat, you're going to be looking for their second and third attempts as that way gets heavier. So I would highly suggest practicing, you know, good depth especially sinking that first one and also practicing that walkout, making sure you're calm and relaxed and that you're taking a nice deep breath. Once you sink that first opener, make sure it's a weight you can easily sink and stand up without question. Do not make this more stressful than you need to make the day for yourself. Don't pick a weight that's a little bit heavier for you and make it a grind for that first squat. Nail it. Now, biggest skip squat command for people that are new is the rack. 
you got to wait for that rack command. And one of my first meets, I think it was my second meet, I almost bombed out of the meet because I kept missing rack commands. And it wasn't because I didn't know about the rack command. It wasn't because I hadn't practiced the rack command. But when you get on there, there's up there, there's a lot of adrenaline going. <clears throat> so what I've started doing is I will, and this is going to sound like it takes a long time, but it's so quick, right? I will squat and I stand and I will wait until I get physical contact from the spotters and the loaders. Yes, I listen for the rack command, but I'm waiting for that physical contact to almost push me back into the rack. Ever since then, I've never missed a rack command. Okay, so this is the easiest thing, and I would suggest for everyone, especially if you're nervous, you squat, you stand, the, the loader spotters are going to help you re-rack the weight. I just wait for physical contact. Like, nothing crazy. I'm not expecting to take it off my back, but that physical contact, okay, I'm racking, you know? On the bench, when you get to bench portions, again, commands, 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 and a lot of it is adrenaline. Just take that deep breath to calm yourself. Make sure you know what you want for a handoff because sometimes they'll ask you, but if they don't ask you, make sure you tell whoever is that doing handoffs, like this is how I want it. So you know when they're going to help you lift that weight off, you know, when they're, you're going to get the handoff, whether it's three, two, one, one, two, three, ready, set, go, whatever you want. Right. Magenta. I don't care. But like, just make sure you know how to communicate that with the person that's giving you a handoff because that is important so that you can be ready, super tight and give them the cue for your handoff. Make sure you know where your hands are going on that bar. I would say the biggest thing between the morning and the afternoon session with people's hands are when they're new, their hands are so close together, right? It's almost like a closed grip bench. And as you progress or from the morning session when we have the novices to the to later session where people are more advanced, the hand grip is wider. I would say one thing, start where you're comfortable, slowly inch out it. Some people were almost like too close that like the mechanics of it didn't look right. So if you can have someone look at your hand width on that bar to get you started, that would be ideal. Same thing with your bench. You're going to get those commands. Now you're going to get started. You got to listen for that. You really got to listen because you don't have any visual cues on this one. You're going to get press. Again, you need to listen. For the rack command, I do the same thing with squat. I wait for that physical contact for the rack. Don't try to re-rack it by yourself, especially if you train by yourself. Sometimes people have the tendency on that last rep to almost like push up and then right into the, the um, hooks, the J hooks. Make sure to push up, hold for a sec, and then re-rack. So when you get to that meet, you push up, whether it's a grind or not, you hold it, you wait for that physical contact for that rack. Deadlift was one thing where I saw some things that was like, oh man, like they could have had that weight. Um, if they like had nothing to do with strength, the biggest thing with deadlift that you will see at, at meets is sometimes that if you use baby powder <clears throat> and you baby powder your legs, you have to be careful not to get it on your feet. Okay. Baby powder slippery. And that's the point of putting it on your legs to reduce some of the friction from your, from the bar sliding up your legs. However, if you get on your feet, especially if you're doing sumo, it's slippery on the bottom of your feet. So if you are in a sumo position, you start to pull your feet are going to slide if you have baby powder on the bottom of them. Honestly, sometimes the, you know, the carpet can be a little bit slippery, but I've never seen like a major of a foot unless they're 
so far at least, unless there's chalk on the, on your feet, which some people had so much chalk on, I'm sorry, baby powder on the bottom of their feet that they have footprints. So just be sure one, if you're getting your legs, baby powder to lift your feet up, try as hard as you can not to get it on the bottom of whatever sneakers, slippers that you're wearing. Two, simple, wipe the bottom of your sneaker right? Before you, before you get off. So if you can shake off your legs, once the baby powder is on there a little bit, then be sure to wipe the bottom of your sneakers. It's actually something that I do regardless, like, cause I generally pull sumo. I do regardless before I get up onto the platform, like right before I try to wipe as much as I can, because you, you don't know, people use baby powder and, and tends to get a lot of different places at me. So just to be sure you can get as much off as possible so that you have a nice, um, sticky surface on the bottom of your sneaker and you're not going to slip. It's a very easy thing to do, but I did see several people miss because of the fact that they had baby powder on the bottom of their sneakers or whatever, whatever you're wearing on your feet. Um, and it's, and, I mean, it's, it's very simple, right? So one, make sure that when you get your legs baby powder, that you're not doing it over your feet or that you're not standing up into a pile of baby powder and two, just give it a little wipe like basketball. When you used to, you know, if you play basketball and you used to wipe the bottom of your sneaker before you did suicides or whatever defensive slides same thing just lick your hand wipe the bottom done second thing um i saw a couple of people that were newer do and this has nothing to do with making a lift but just to do with your safety and also just longevity i think and if you're i i just kept thinking like oh i wonder if she does this in training well, i wonder if she does this in training she pulled super strong but then when she put it down she put it down like really slow and gently. I don't know how else to describe that, like super slow and gently. And yes, you cannot drop the, you cannot drop the bar, but you can put it down with force. You just need to keep your hands on that bar and it will save your back so much in the long term. One day is not going to kill you, right? If you're at the, if you're at the meet and you just really want to make sure you're not dropping it, you're, you're unsure because it's your first meet. Like I get it. I just kept wondering if she did the same thing in her training and then I'm wondering how sore she was. Um, so just be sure like, yes, you need to keep your hands on the bar. You, you need to put the bar down. You cannot drop the bar, but you can do it with force. You don't need to control the bar slowly on the way down, almost like you're doing an eccentric deadlift. So just a couple things. Um, I know some of these things may sound obvious, but if you are newer, there's a lot of adrenaline going. Some things will just take a couple factors out of your way. Again, for the rack command, for that physical contact, they're going to push you into the rack pool. You're good. Same thing with squat and for the bench. Be sure to take that nice deep breath, okay? Make sure on the deadlift, if you are using baby powder, just be sure not to do it right over your feet. Be sure not to step in a pile of baby powder before you get up there. Just give your sneakers a little wipe, nice and simple. All right, so a couple tips. Hopefully that can help you out in your upcoming meet. Take away some of that stress and let you rock it. As always, guys, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a message. Or my website is mexicanlift.com, where my email is. You can always send me an email. I also have a little blog with more information up there. And my coaching options for strength for powerlifters, strength for runners, and nutrition are also up on my website. So please feel free to reach out that way if you have any questions regarding any of my podcasts or things you'd like to see in future podcasts. would love to hear from you. As always, work hard and get strong.